As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. The emotion was kind of out of the equation. I really knew how to, that I could trust my numbers. And if the deal looks like it's good, it's good. But don't try to make it work just because you want to get into a deal. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization? If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. I think it's the world's longest running daily real estate podcast too, not even just investing. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author Rich Dad Poor Dad, Jay Papazan, the co-author of The One Thing with Gary Keller, and a whole bunch of others. With us today, we're going to be talking to not only a real estate investor, but also someone who has a direct mail company for investors. So I'm going to guess I can select his favorite marketing method. Hmm. Just one guess. Justin Silverio. How you doing, Justin? I'm doing great. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing really well, my friend. And nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Justin. He is the founder of Open Letter Marketing, which is a direct mail company for investors. He's also an investor. He's a managing member at JS2 Homes, his own investment company where he focuses on rehabbing, redeveloping, and wholesaling properties. Before he started his own company, he was an accountant in the private equity space. Ooh, that's pretty interesting stuff. I'm sure a lot of lessons learned there that you're applying now. And he's got over 10 years of experience in the investment industry. He's based in Boston, Massachusetts. With that being said, Justin, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? All right, sure. I started my real estate investment business with my father, partnering with him. 
He's owned a general contracting company for 45 years. So he managed the construction side of things while I manage more of the numbers side of things and finding the deals, selling the deals, all that. So we partnered for a number of years until I felt really comfortable kind of going out on my own. Bought him out of the company in 2014, really started focusing more on rehabs. And then about a year and a half, two years ago, I started changing my focus a little bit more on new construction and higher end rehabs. And I actually quit my job the beginning of this year. And I am now a full-time real estate investor and haven't looked back. New construction and higher end rehabs. I want to get to that in a second, why you shifted your focus there. But first, you were an accountant in the private equity space. You're now a real estate investor. What lessons did you learn in your previous position that you're applying now? It really taught me to make sure that the numbers worked. So the emotion was kind of out of the equation. I really knew how to, that I could trust my numbers. And if the deal looks like it's good, it's good. But don't try to make it work just because you want to get into a deal. Mm. So that was probably one of the biggest things that I learned from my accounting days. Was there any particular way that they teach you to run the numbers in private equity that you now use that perhaps is different than a spreadsheet I can download off of the internet to run numbers on investment properties? I wouldn't say that the private equity industry taught me something specific. I worked on Excel for 15 years, so I got to know the program really well. And I developed some nice spreadsheets that could get output really valuable information that I needed quickly. So it was more an understanding about Excel and how I can manipulate it to actually provide me really useful information so I can value properties and make sure that I get in at the right numbers. If I gave you a blank spreadsheet and I was like, hey, can you analyze this deal? Feel free to build your own spreadsheet. How would you approach it? What formulas would you make sure that you have in there? So most of the formulas that I use is actually based off my actual costs. So for instance, I can manipulate a lot of my holding costs just by changing the number of months that I think I'll hold it. Update all of my holding costs to account for the correct number of months. I can also specify what town I'm buying in. And based on that town that I specify, it'll actually input the correct tax rate. So now that it's computing the right amount of taxes that I have to pay on a monthly basis. Mm, Okay. Got it. And you would have to have a predefined amount of area codes in order to know the tax rates. So you invest in certain areas, right? You're not investing all over the country. That's correct. And then I'm also outputting return on investment, return on my time, and other metrics that I find important. How do you calculate return on your time? It's basically how much I'm getting per month. So if I think I'm going to be in the deal close to close for six months, I'm just basically dividing the profit by the six months, and then I can go further down into a a weekly profit. Okay. Is there anything taken into account what phase of the project you're in? Because it could be a 12-month project, but just three months, you're actually doing the work, and then the nine months, it's just waiting to be sold, or is it all equal? For me, it's all equal because that's still my capital that's held up in this deal. Ah, yeah. That's really important for me now, and I look at that a lot because when I first started out, I was basically just looking at, all right, what exit strategy is going to get me the most amount of profit? I never looked at what's going to return the most amount of profit and give me the highest dollar per hour. 
and that's changed my business substantially because now I'm looking at deals where if I rehabbed it, I might make $80,000, but maybe if I wholesale it, I'd make forty or 50000 So where I'm wholesaling, my total time probably invested in the property is maybe six hours. So the forty or $50,000 over six hours is going to give me X amount of dollar per hour, whereas if I rehab it for 80000 yeah, it's more profit, but I'm going to spend it hundreds of more hours in that deal. Mm-hmm. And we just came full circle, I think, because then that makes sense because you are focused on higher end flips and that's because there's higher profits. I'm speaking for you, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's because there's higher profits and then you're wholesaling the lower price point deals because they're lower profits. Is that right? Yes, not only for the higher spreads in the higher end homes, but also what I've found over when cycles change, they tend to hit the lower to middle markets first and the higher end markets a little bit later. So when I get into these higher end projects and higher end towns, I can actually see markets change a little bit and adjust what I'm doing and have a little bit more time than I would on lower end and mid market. Huh. That's interesting. That's surprising to me. I would think that when markets change, the higher end stuff gets hit first, and then there's a trickle-down effect from higher end to then lower end. At least that's what I've witnessed with apartments. You don't want to buy like Class A apartments right now in Houston because everyone's or not everyone. <laughs> uh, <they're, laughs> I invest in Houston, so I shouldn't say everyone's losing their job because there are some white collar energy jobs that are being lost. And so those individuals then wouldn't move into a class A apartment, but perhaps a class B. So how does that work in your market? It's actually different. So what I've found is that when markets change, they're actually hitting the lower to middle market towns. And one good example is I actually bought my first property where I lived in, in a mid-market kind of town. And I bought that in 2006. And 2008, it's substantially decreased. And even still, it really had to hit my value where I was when I bought that property in 2006. And now that I target higher-end homes, I'm kind of tracking where things were from 2006 and where they are today. And the higher-end homes haven't dipped down as much as the lower to middle market towns. What do you spend the majority of your time doing right now? Acquisitions. So basically, I do a lot of direct mail on my own real estate investment company. So I get a lot of phone calls and I'm actually the person that gets on the phone, talks to all the sellers still. So I do a lot of that as well as analysis. Mm -hmm. It's not typical that someone with an accounting background from private equity would then start a direct mail company in addition to real estate ventures. I can totally see real estate ventures, but I'm thinking of a stereotype and you're breaking my stereotype that I have in my head. Why did you start a direct mail company? And is it profitable? It is profitable. And here's why I started it. When I started out in real estate, I started with direct mail. And over the years, I'd noticed that a lot of other people are using direct mail Competition's increasing, so I spend a lot of time trying to identify ways that I can still stand out for my competition and gain a competitive advantage so I still get deals because I get probably 90% of my deals through my direct mail, 
and definitely outpacing any of my other competition as far as how many deals they're getting and still in this competitive market. So when I look at what I'm doing it with my direct mail and the other available options that other investors have access to, I saw that there was a huge void in the market. And I knew that when I started my direct mail and getting really creative with my mailers, my response rate increased 26.7%. And as you can imagine from being an accountant, I'm very analytical, so I track everything. So my response rate significantly increased from what I was using before, and I saw that this was a much better product and will stand out and really get good results. So I felt that this was a good opportunity to kind of reset people's expectations on what they should use for direct mail and make sure that they get the great results that they should. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Going back to analyzing properties and looking at what's going to get your most profit and profit per hour. So like I said, that changed my business significantly. And it's actually enabling me to make a lot more money with less of my time. So I've been able to generate more profit, less time spent in, in the business. And that's why I switched over to a lot more wholesaling this year because I've been doing that. Do you have any team members? Just myself on the real estate investment side. So for all the wholesale deals, you're doing the marketing, you're also fielding the calls and doing the, any coordination that's involved? All the direct mail is done by my marketing business. So the people in my marketing business take care of that. Yes, I am fielding all the calls and doing all the analysis. I have my buyers list, which is not a ton of people on the buyers list, although I do have a large buyers list. But to be quite honest, I probably use about five people to sell all my deals because they are looking for a lot of deals throughout the year. Think about those five people. You don't have to tell me their names, but how did you get to know them? Networking events, actually. Um, that's the biggest way that I've found my buyers through networking, getting to know them. When I look to wholesale a deal, I want to make sure that they're going to perform and I want to get to understand their business, what they're looking for, what they're looking to buy, where, that I can trust that they'll close on the deal. So networking events was a huge component of that. And I actually uh, started holding my own networking events because I wanted to meet more of these people so um, we can collaborate on a lot more deals. When you, when you say, say networking, networking events, events what, what do you mean, mean specifically? specifically? You say that one more time? When, when you, you say networking events, events what, what do you mean specifically? What, what type, type of, of event? event? Like local areas, uh, real estate investment uh, networking okay. events. All we have a number of them around, around my area. All five of your investors came from a meeting, meeting them at a local real estate investing group? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and about, about how, how many, many deals, deals in total have, have they, they bought? bought? Um, over the last year, I've done about 12, 12 wholesale deals. Okay. What's, What's the, the price, price range, range from, from, from low to high? high? Um, as far as what I'm selling them to yeah. selling yeah. for or my profit? Uh, uh, both. both. Okay. So the, typically, it's around uh, three to 400000 that I'm wholesaling them for. And my profit this year on these wholesales have been averaging between 20 and 70,000. 20 and 70? 20 to 70,000. 20 to 70,000. Okay. And what are they doing with these deals? They're rehabbing them. Okay. And the, the big thing I look at too is 
Going back to understanding the investors, for instance, one of these investors that does a large quantity of deals over the year. So they have a lot of contractors that work for less money that, frankly, I could find contractors for. So now that I'm doing the higher end new construction, I don't have contractors that do low to mid properties. So I'd have to get a whole new crew. Mm-hmm. So it might cost me 100000 to rehab a project, but I know this other investor because his crew, they do a lot more deals. They get better discounts. They might be able to do it for 70000 So the $30,000 difference of what it would cost for me to rehab and them to rehab, that's part of my wholesale spread. I'm just leveraging and making best use of that deal so that it goes to the right person. I'm going to get into the weeds a little bit just because I think this is going to be helpful for myself and the best ever listeners. Okay, these five people that you met, think about one of them. Is it a male or female? It's a male. Okay. Did you go up to him at the RIA between sessions, before, after? Did you go up to their booth? How did you meet him? I originally met him just through the networking phase. So after kind of the presentation was done at one of these networking events, you just go around, mingle, and talk to people, introduce yourselves. And I met this individual just by doing that. Okay. Now what, think of the second person. I'm going to do all five, by the way. <laughs> think, what about the second person? The same way. And I really got to know them better because they actually helped me out a lot when I was starting in this business. So they were willing to meet with me, go to lunch with me. And by doing that, I really respected and appreciated them. So I always wanted to kind of give back to make sure that they gave me their time so I can able to give them some deals now. And what about the other three? I would say the other three the same exact way. Really? There's a pause in between sessions and they had a networking hour and you just came across each other, started talking. Exactly. Yeah. And then one person introduced me to another person and you get to meet new people. But that's really it. I mean, when I started going to these networking events, I was basically in the corner sweating, not knowing what to say to people. But after I was there for longer, some people started to come up to me and recognize that I've been there and I did the same to other people. So once you start talking to people and letting them know kind of what you do and what you're looking to do, you can open up those connections. That was really a big component for me. Anything in particular that you make sure you do or say whenever you're meeting someone who could be a buyer for your deals? I always try to be honest and open with everyone. And I don't switch my marketing approach. I'm still marketing for basically my own deals. So I market basically in 10 towns. So if I know that an investor is looking in outside of those 10 towns, I'll be completely honest with them and say, hey, these are my areas that I buy in. I know you might not be interested in those, but that's kind of where I am. If you still want deals in those areas, let me know. Otherwise, I don't kind of go outside of my marketing approach to to find things for buyers. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sounds good. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Are you a real estate investor and you're trying to do it all yourself? Then you got to stop the insanity, my friend, and go hire virtually. Virtual Office VA is a U.S.-based and trained real estate virtual assistant company. They can free up your time. You can go to their website, learn what they're all about, and go sign up for a virtual assistant. Go to virtualofficeva.com. That's virtualofficeva.com. Best ever book you've read? Um, I'll, I'll give you two. 
um, just because I have a tough time with uh, telling you one. Millionaire Real Estate Investor, I reread that uh, recently, and I really enjoyed a lot of uh, uh, parts of that, that book. And then the other book is uh, Rich Dad Series, What the Rich Teach Their Children That the Middle Class and Poor Don't. Um, I have two little ones, so reading that and uh, thinking about how I can apply it to the kids when they get older is, uh, is interesting stuff. What was a takeaway from Millionaire Real Estate Investor? Millionaire real estate investor. Yeah, um, a lot of it was the the components of a deal and how to uh, how to approach uh, different deals. I really liked how they kind of broke that out and and uh, getting into the a little bit more into the weeds on that. Best ever personal growth experience. What'd you learn from it? Uh, personal growth experience. Um, I would say uh, working with uh, another investor that really focuses on working on lifestyle rather than just getting into a business and, and spending all your time there. Uh, being Switching over to full-time real estate investing, I've been able to spend a lot more time uh, with, my, with my family while still growing my business, and that's been, that's been huge for me um, as far as how, how happy I am, my family is. So that's, that's been a good. Best ever deal you've done? Um, I say, I'd say two. From a dollar per hour perspective, I made seventy thousand dollars on a wholesale with six hours into the deal. Um, and I, from a complete profit perspective, I made about two hundred thousand dollars on a new construction deal. Best ever way you like to give back? Like I said before, I hold networking events. Um, I really enjoy talking to new people and sharing advice and information. Um, give to charity. And I'm also going to be looking to uh, start mentoring high school students. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Biggest mistake was uh, dealing with contractors and not making sure they um, do what they're going to do, say they're going to do, and getting all the proper documentation. Um, that's been the huge, biggest mistake and cost me a lot of time, money, and uh, just pain. What's your solution to that now? Um, I get all the proper documentation. Uh, so I have them sign contracts, get light driver's license, insurance documents. If I'm getting insurance documents from an insurance company, it has to be directly from the insurance company. And then after I get it from the insurance, I'll call them back to verify that um, the policy is still intact. Uh, that's not doing that. Um, created a lot of headaches for me when I uh, later found out that someone didn't have insurance and caused big issues. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? They can visit me at, I, I have a blog that I post a lot of information, uh, thebostoninvestor.com, or they can just shoot me an email, uh, and I respond to all my emails at justin at openlettermarketing.com. And what's your website again? The blog? Yeah. Bostoninvestor.com. TheBostonInvestor.com? Yes. All right. It is now in the show notes, magically, just like that. All right. Well, Justin, thank you for being on the show, sharing your advice with the best ever listeners, talking about your profit per hour. We can get caught up in the total dollars, which are important, but our time is more precious than the dollars. So taking a look at that. As well as you've 
done 12 wholesale deals. You said you don't have a lot of buyers, but quite frankly, all of your deals are purchased by five of them. And those five you have met through real estate investing meetups. You talked us through how you approach that and how you are transparent with them about where you don't invest and you qualify and disqualify your partners just like they're qualifying and disqualifying you. So it's a two-way street. I love that. Thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Joe. Are you a real estate investor and you're trying to do it all yourself? Then you got to stop the insanity, my friend, and go hire virtually. Virtual Office VA is a U.S.-based and trained real estate virtual assistant company. They can free up your time. You can go to their website, learn what they're all about, and go sign up for a virtual assistant. Go to virtualofficeva.com. That's virtualofficeva.com.